Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 92 of the Fabulously Keto podcast. And today we have a slightly different interview. So let me explain. Um, I met Joanne McManamy um, through Dan Grief's Facebook group. And then I interviewed her. And then we agreed to meet up when she came to London. When she knew the dates, I then contacted Dan and said, would you like to meet with Joanne and we could come and visit you in Cambridge, which he agreed to. And so we met up and this was back in March. And we, Joanne and I had a tour of the deliciously guilt-free cake making and chocolate workshop. Because that was really cool because Dan had just started making chocolate. Um, then we went and visited an American war cemetery. And then we went for lunch. And then we went to Maddingley Hall, which is where... The Prince of Wales, son of Queen Victoria, lived when he was at Cambridge University back in the 1860s. Um, so we just walked around the gardens and then we sat out in the gardens um, and grabbed some spring sun. So we decided to do this crossover episode. Um, and you're going to hear that it's quite noisy in the background. So firstly, in the restaurant, you can hear other people talking and plates clattering and things like that. And then in Maddingley Hall, where it was beautifully sunny for a spring day, it was also quite windy. So you can hear the wind through the mic. Because I'd already interviewed Joanne back in episode 78, I let Dan ask the questions um, because he didn't really know her. So he was he was doing the most of the interviewing. And then later on, he then started asking me questions as well. So it took on a slightly different turn to what we expected. If you want to hear Dan's interview with us, that was episode 48. Also, Dan sent me this recording. So it's already got Dan's music in to start with. And I've just left everything as it is so that you can listen to it as it went out on Dan's podcast um a couple of months ago now so let's go and listen hello everyone um this is rather exciting because this is the second time i'm recording a podcast in person with somebody in fact with two people and it's also a crossover so welcome to uk low carb and welcome to fabulously keto together at last jackie we, we said this would <laughs> We've happen been planning this for a long time we have and they're here which is great but we're, we're not just the two of us having a date in a pub together well we are on a date in a pub together but there's always three of us and that's because we're joined by today joanne McManamy. yes i'm so excited to be here in england in such a lovely day and uh 
meeting you, Dan and Jackie. That's great to person. <laughs> We've been on adventures so far, haven't we? So you've come to the to the UK for um, how long are you here for? I came for a week. A week. Excellent. And it's about four days in so far, is that yes, right? Yes, yes. Four days okay. in. So she came up to uh, see us. Jackie brought you along today to Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been sort of busy the last sort of uh, hour or so, haven't we? So we've seen Very much so. a few things. So great. Thank you for coming on to the show. And I thought what would be nice is as we're in this pub together, uh, having a drink, not alcoholic at the moment, if we could just have a little chat really about low carb and about life. So in that case, Joanne, can you tell us a bit about your life um, before low carb came into your life? Because many people on, on our podcasts, um, they seem to be in a position where they're trying to reverse an ill health condition, metabolic health syndrome, or maybe they've had a diagnosis or something that's just been a wake up call for them to make a difference. And as you're sitting here, you're an incredibly healthy person and you've just been walking around a cemetery that I know people in the 30s and 40s would struggle with. So um, what was that moment like and what was life like before low carb? Well, I, I actually had an introduction to low carb when I was 17 from my Aunt Monica and she told me about it uh, and everybody told me it was a ridiculous thing to do. So I kind of forgot about it right. and uh, was reintroduced to it Back in 2017, when I uh, saw my chiropractor and wanted to reduce my diabetes medications, he promised he could do it, and he came through for me. And uh, I started getting good medical information from that point on. And so I became low-carb for now five years, and... I'm just thrilled. I'm just thrilled with the results of it. Amazing. By the way, just... Uh, and this food looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I know that this chain has got the most amazing port scratchings. And I, I, but even then, I'm impressed. So please take one and you can, you can eat one while we're talking. Don't you worry about that. Um, a little crack. I will take one, it's authentic. I it's probably authentic. won't talk yeah, yeah, yeah. with it. Listen to this, My guys. Irish grandmother would come back to haunt. Oh, listen Did to that. You hear that? Wasn't that lovely? Beautiful. Yes. That's, that's a port scratching. Yes. That's what you're expecting oh, wow. there. Yeah, yes. Go anyway, for it. but uh, so I became five years. I've been on keto, and then as life progressed, I mean, I'm sorry, low carb, and then I did a little keto and um, intermittent fasting. Yeah, they work as a, a triumvirate, so to say. And I've gone from 280 pounds to um, I just broke into the 140s. Wow. And that's so over now those I'm, from 2017 I'm, I'm to now. Ten, yeah. I'm 10 stone eight. Fantastic. So, um, so culturally, you said you're from an Irish background. So yes. my family's Irish too. Yeah. So potatoes are a big feature. Was it the same for you growing up? Actually not. My mother didn't like potatoes, so they never appeared. Oh, okay. Um, and she also couldn't cook. So um, <laughs> when, when I went to college, I discovered other things like lasagna and yeah, all things yeah. I'd never had as a, as yeah. a kid. Uh, and I stayed very thin, uh, but uh, this has been my savior. It's it really has. I uh, had a heart event in uh, 2012, and I chose to live. I chose to live better, and I chose to live healthier. Mm-hmm. And various various parts of that were, you know, having retinopathy. And that was the most serious. And I said, no, I, I cannot give up my eyesight. Found a good doctor. He's halted it. And uh, 
and now I just live, I exercise, I do good things, and um, my life is so much better. Yeah. Well, and, I suppose that weight loss and the health benefits to your eyes is ex- Exactly. Huge, yeah. I feel good, and it, it motivates me absolutely every day hmm. to stay on it because of how good I feel. And my brother shared something with me um, recently. He said he thought I was a crazy cat lady back in uh, 2012. And he said, your cognition is so much better now. And that's only something a brother would tell you. And (laughs) thanks, John. And uh, so the cognition, I look better. um, I feel a lot better. And um, I wake up every day with enthusiasm and so let's talk about the moment of change, your road to Damascus, because this was something that you'd been doing, well, you'd been eating the Western diet for most of your oh, life. God, yes. Processed foods, fast foods. Is it your generation, do you think, that was the most influenced by that change with like Nixon and uh, the 70s and oh, changing yeah. the food oh, yes. guidelines that oh, came that, after? Well, actually, McGovern did that McGovern, in 1972. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I believed the dogma of uh, low low fat uh, in a lot of shaming, yeah. which doesn't seem to happen now. Uh, the shaming of, well, you have no willpower. Yeah. I no don't know. I wish willpower. it was happening less. I think it happens. You don't have any willpower. And it's not mm. willpower. It's you've been given the wrong information yeah. and the wrong way to eat. And, and the wrong when you, foods. When you, eat, when you eat the right food, you don't feel like you need to eat all the time. No. I mean, I fasted most of yesterday and not hungry at all. Yeah. And uh, now I'm going to have a, a really good lunch for me and uh, some fish and some broccoli. And I'm very, very happy and I will be satisfied until well and tomorrow. Until and I tomorrow. bet you'll, you'll appreciate it more. So this is what I found with fasting in yeah. particular. I never planned to fast. It sort of just happened because I wasn't hungry anymore. Yeah. And... Um, but when you do have your meal, you really notice what you're eating. Whereas I think if you're eating three meals a day, they can be pretty bland meals all the time. You're just chucking down your neck. But with low-carb keto, you do a lot more cooking yourself or you have to plan what you're eating. Oh, but I yeah. think you appreciate it more. Oh, yes. I rarely go out to dinner. I do, of course, on vacation. Mm. And it's very easy to eat right in, in England. Um, but at home, I don't go out. We have a lot of chain restaurants. Yeah, and well, we do. And that's, as well, that's not healthy. Yeah. And so I cook for myself and I'm a pretty decent cook. So I, I enjoy doing it. So were you always a good cook or is this something that you've like had to learn through doing keto? You know, it's funny. Uh, I put my ex-husband through medical school and put off my own career for 10 years. And I was a home ec teacher mm-hmm. for those first 10 years of my career. And I taught foods and nutrition. And I had a lot of good information and it was a really fun job. It really, it was sad to leave, but I wasn't making enough money after I got divorced. So uh, uh, I always cooked for myself. So you actually, uh, you trained on the field to cook. You must be a pretty good cook then. Yeah, uh, I'm a decent cook. I I would say I'm a good diner cook. Okay. Yeah. Because it annoys me that things like, when you learn the sort of how most people cook, things like white sauces have got flour in to fill them up. Yes. They're actually less flavorsome than if you had them with cream and cream cheese and, and, and... Cheddar cheese and those sorts of things. I know, and nothing's better than lobster with nothing on it. 
You know you what? Know? I don't think I've ever had that. I need to. I yeah. Need to. Well, yeah. being from New England, uh, it's quite common, I, isn't it? Yeah. Quite common to, you know, my dad would bring home a lobster. Oh, yum. <laughs> Nothing's more delicious from that. And he always told me not to adulterate. I did have one once, actually. It was in Goa, but it was it was spiced. So it was like a lovely spice flavor to it. But uh-huh. I imagine eating it just as it is must be, you know, amazing. Yes, and food tastes good when it doesn't have a whole lot of sauces on it. It's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's a nice experience. I look forward to it. So what about the challenges then? Because, so some people um, start low-carb for a while. I mean, I see this through Delicious Guilt Free. You know, you see the names come up when they buy our stuff, and then they disappear for a while, and they're mm-hmm. not Instagram, and then they come back. Have you ever found, well, I guess have you ever found a big question, do you sometimes find that you get challenged and that you you know it's not working for you or it's just something you find hard to follow? Or do you plan to come off it sometimes? Uh, I usually do plan to come off it sometimes uh, if I'm going away. But I, uh, I have to remember to do it because it just always works for me. Yeah. I cannot metabolize grains. Mm-hmm. And uh, I cannot metabolize some things. And as you get older, some things become more difficult to eat. Like I'm having a problem with nuts right now. Right. They're just a little too rough. Yeah. And, uh, but boy, the green vegetables never fail me. I still eat a lot of vegetables. Yeah. But That's great. A little bit of fruit, only the low glycemic kinds. Bought some beautiful strawberries down at uh, Portobello Road on Saturday and have been having those as well as some delicious blackberries. Yeah. You know what? That's the thing about carnivore. I'm pretty carnivore, but I couldn't give up strawberries and blackberries and blueberries. I think they're just too gorgeous. They're too gorgeous and they make me feel good. So I have I have those and I I do have a lot of vegetables because they they just feel good. Yeah. But the low carb, no sweets usually, and uh, yeah, none of that. No so junk food. So, would you say you've got any addictions at all with regards to food, or are you somebody who's? Yes, I grew up addicted. If I had a feeling, it went to the refrigerator. That could be a very good feeling, a happy feeling, or it could be a frustrated feeling. You know. Uh, so, I guess you both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, both a ends. Good day, a bad a day. day. The fridges. Is, I, yeah. I just opened the fridge. The thing that's different now. Because I don't act on it. I know I've done it. I'm grazing. How do you not act on it then? What's your strategy with that? What, what, because, is it just the food or are we talking about a psychology around no, food? We're talking about the psychology around it because I just ask myself, why are you eating? Or I ask a question like that. Or what do you really want? Yeah. Uh, and then I stop. I have that break in there. And then I usually pour myself a water, pour myself uh, flavored water, <laughs> and just go sit and just be still for a while. And it passes. It's time is everything. I agree. It I don't passes. know if you find that too, Jackie, but yeah. sometimes our brains are doing things that we're not actually rationalizing. It's, where it's on instinct. And actually sometimes slowing things down, stepping back, means you can then yeah. think, what am I doing? And that works in so many areas of life, especially yeah. especially if you're angry at somebody, you know, not to act as a reaction, but think about it and what you really value. Yeah. So act from your values. So I really like the feel of feeling slim and achieving my goals. I don't want to go back. I want to live the rest of my life 
free, free of that. I don't think about it every day anymore. Yeah. And um, so I, I'm very indebted to low carb. So what about the diabetes? Because you said about the diabetes medication. Yes, I got off a diabetes medication in August of uh, 2017, and um, I have not gone back on it. Wow. And uh, I keep getting the right test. I get my insulin tested, always getting my A1C tested. Uh, in fact, I had a doctor that wouldn't do those things for me because she said, I was not diabetic anymore, so I quickly got an endocrinologist out of the system, and um, and we just monitor it. This is what I find incredible. So in your country, your your healthcare is paid for by insurance companies, but it's actually you paying for it in your fees. So all these people are paying the insurance companies, and insurance companies are paying for the doctors to give the treatment or the medicine for that condition, type two diabetes, and yet they've got people like yourself who've changed their diet and they're not receiving. It. In fact. Not only not receiving any medication, but there's no need for them to even have checkups anymore. So why the hell have people not realizing they could save themselves a fortune, including the insurance industry, by literally changing what's going to be on your plate in a few moments when we eat? Mm -hmm. It's just, I just find it weird. It doesn't make any sense. It does. Long term, it doesn't make any sense. It's let's help you help yourself Yeah. and answer questions and what the person specifically has to take responsibility for their health. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know how. They give too much power away to their But then doctors. why do the doctors not say it? That's what I don't understand. Like, I, I know somebody in the States who had, from this country, went over there. They're American, but they went to visit. Uh, their child had a, you know, a problem. They went to hospital. They got the hospital bill. They got the doctor's bill. So they've got two bills. A lot of money was paid. I guess that's part of the reason why this is there, because there's profit to be made in ill health. So pharmaceutical companies make the insulin that's needed. Mm -hmm. The doctors get paid. But then still, in this country, we've got the NHS. I still don't get why we haven't changed. Yeah, and that's, that's what surprises me, is because our government is paying for the NHS. So you'd think it'd be in their interest to reduce their costs. But they don't. They're still led by the pharmaceutical companies. And in a way, the food companies, I reckon, that to keep us keep us in the same sick care method. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we were just observing at my hotel this morning, people having breakfast. What do they have out? All kinds of cereal. Yeah. All kinds of high glycemic fruit. French toast. Yeah. Um, well, cheapest chips is an expression for a reason, right? All carbs are cheap yeah, exactly. to make. And, yeah. and so, you know, they make me poached eggs. Yeah. I bring a reasonable facsimile of a healthy bread and my strawberries and yesterday avocado and uh, make it a good breakfast for myself. Yeah. And So I think it's really nice dining with you two today because we just ordered our food and um, we're all on the same page, which helps. And so... Mm -hmm. In a pub like this, it's nice to say, just take off the, the potatoes or whatever. But there are a lot of places still where that's quite awkward. And they bring you, like, nothing on a plate. And you're like, well, what's this? I had a roast dinner like that the other day. There's nothing left. And I paid a lot of money for it. And I thought, that's just so annoying how we've just got a long way to go still, I think. But mm -hmm. it's nice when you meet other people because you're in the same boat. And you know what it's like to ask not for the flour garnished, whatever, not to have the, you know, the chips added and stuff. But it is challenging, isn't it? And it's everywhere because it is so cheap. That's the thing. It, it is. And uh, 
but I haven't had a problem in England. That's good. That's good. I've, my first day, I went to a, a my wonderful right favorite Polish rest restaurant in South Kensington. Right. And they gave me everything I asked for. Oh wow! But I go there a lot. It's it's a really good place. And my friends were I was meeting some really wonderful friends. And uh, but it was it was good. They they listened to me. I I asked nicely. And the next day, we found an Italian restaurant in Portobello Road. Got exactly what I want. That's great. That's good. Yeah. Yep. At the pub. Yep. And yesterday I fasted. There you go. Well, and I was going to say, should we have a little break for a moment? Because these pork scratchings are going to eat themselves and they look absolutely stunning. They are so, absolutely stunning. Yeah, I had a little nibble back then uh, just off mic. But let, let's eat those and we'll come back in a moment. Okay. We are now uh, out and about. So we've had a, a most amazing meal. And we've just come here to where I'm speaking now, which is at Maddenley Hall. And uh, we found a lovely park bench in the sun. So I thought we could carry on our conversation. So I'm just going to ask, firstly, how was your meals that we had at the Three Horseshoes, I think it was? Oh, fabulous meal. I, I'm just so privileged to be able to eat another healthy meal at a British pub. Yeah, you had the sea bass. It looked pretty spectacular oh to me. God, it was spectacular. It was top on top of a wonderful tomato sauce, uh, very subtle, and grilled. Was it was grilled? I think uh, so. Yeah. Yes, the uh, broccolini, delicious. Great. And Jackie, what was it you had? I had pork belly. Um, I did notice that it came with some apple sauce. But you noticed I did leave it. <laughs> I didn't notice. Um, we all had the broccoli, didn't we? Yeah. Which yeah. was chili fried, which was really nice. Yeah, yeah you need some like that. Yeah, I prefer broccoli like that when it than, than just being like in a, a, a boiled broccoli because it's a bit soggy then, can't it? Whereas grilled is gorgeous. And uh, I must admit, I never noticed your apple sauce because I only had eyes for my sirloin steak, which is spectacular. So, yeah. Joanne, thanks for taking us out for lunch. That was really lovely. Um, thanks for finding that wonderful pub. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, don't, okay. Best if you're listening to this, it's not that pub you really want to go to that I haven't taken you to as yet. Uh, it was a different one, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so moving on. Now, one of the things in the meal that came up and I thought was really interesting was we were talking about coaching, and both of you uh, do coaching in different ways, and I thought it'd be good to talk about that. So, Joanne, do you want to tell us a bit about the coaching you do and how do you help people? Well, I ask people what their goals are and they're usually not very specific initially and um so you kind of run the pump a little bit and i always assess how committed they are to their goals before we really start working on them and ask them what are they willing to do and then hold them accountable for that and uh then we start and they might want to meet a man. They might want to lose weight. They want to get healthy. They want a promotion. No matter what it is, how committed are they to work on it? And I give them homework so that they get practicing it. Amazing. So coaching is not really the same as just teaching, is it? What does what no. coaching itself mean? Coaching is holding the client accountable and dealing with tools to achieve their absolute goal. And um, it's, it's not about anything else than that. It, very simply, 
And in the course of coaching, you teach them tools to become stronger and become more risk-taking because you would stay stuck in what's familiar and what you have to do in coaching in order to build the confidence and achieve your goals is to take the risks, small risks in the beginning. And then as you progress in the coaching process, which for me usually takes three months, um, get them taking really more risky risks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually growth happens in stress, I suppose, doesn't it? Like well, it, making somebody a little bit uncomfortable to grow. It, you really sometimes, yeah, you do have to be uncomfortable to grow and you have to be uh, willing to do something that is really kind of emotionally scaring for you. But initially you start out with just asking the client to do one thing yeah. that they know they can do. And then you move to the second phase, which is getting them to do something they don't know if they can do. And when they're doing that enough, then it drops in risk level. Then you go for the things that scare them to death in right. a way, emotional, emotionally, I'm not talking about jumping off an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, for example, uh, one example I used on myself was I was always afraid to do karaoke <laughs> because I've always been told I have a voice like a frog. <laughs> and so it was like, oh no, oh no. And then somebody all of a sudden just grabbed me and brought me on the stage it started to sing wild thing with me and all of a sudden I got the momentum and did it and had fun so that was no longer that risky for me love it and love I've it been known to sing werewolves of London at karaoke, <laughs> karaoke as well among my got other, a microphone now uh... I, uh, among my well, please I, I don't have the music behind me but but along the other things that I sing and it, it became fun and to think I might have missed that because I never yeah. took the cha the the exam, you know, use that example. Yeah. I um, another one I did with myself was telling the CBS team in Orlando that um, I was planning on going to Harry and Meggie's Megan's wedding. Could I help them out? And I, you know, I did the talking to myself. Oh, no, they won't be interested. You know, who who am I, yeah. this unknown woman? And immediately I got a call back from them said, yes, we would like you to help us with this. That's amazing. And I had the I had the time of my life. But I believe the world is like that. Like, you yes. know, we all think that it's happening to other people. But if you no. just put yourself out there, you never know what might happen. Exactly. So you have to take these risks and they build such confidence. Yeah. And, and, and they're fun. Yeah. So uh, Amazing. those are examples of really pushing yourself. And what can you, in fact, do and live your life with far more enthusiasm and happiness? So Love it. So it sounds like simplified. low yeah. carb and this whole attitude and everything has come along. It's life-giving. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so Jackie, I'm going to ask you about coaching as well, if I may, because... You do a different kind of coaching, but it sounds like it's a lot of similarities to that, though. Yeah, very much so, because um, I'm focusing on people that are wanting to change their diet and their lifestyle, mm -hmm. rather than maybe get a new job or find a new man. 
that might just be like a happy side thing that happens (laughs) they they could happen um so we're, we're focusing on diet and lifestyle but it's exactly the same what are your goals what do you want to achieve why do you want to achieve it and how are we going to do that and so um yeah so i'm not the keto police because i don't live by that standard myself and i don't follow macros myself because that to me is a diet lifestyle Mm. and i want people to live and enjoy what they're eating enjoy what they're doing and do you need to track occasionally do you need to um change what you're doing quite possibly but that's giving the power to them to say right if this isn't working what do you want to try next and i might give them some options but it's it's really down to them what they want to do so both times then it sounds like in both cases it's the intrinsic kind of decision making and validation rather than this you know outside affluation um um, confirmation by the people and that that sounds really important to both of your coaching it has to come from within yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. so so why is it then do you think that so many of us live based on how others see us and how we you know how society or our families and our friends is that just a, a human thing that we all have and we have to break out of it i th- i think it is in the sense that we prehistorically we needed to be part of the tribe and if you don't fit in then you're sent away or sent out and that's a sure death yeah because you wouldn't have been able to survive by be outcast and that'd be the end yeah. of it so i think that part of it is conforming to the tribe um, but within that, I think you you still want to conform to the tribe, but you need to find what's important to you and your life, and live that. Yeah. yeah, live by your values. Yeah, what is important to you, and it it takes a while to define that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, it's again that emotional risk of tearing from the tribe going maybe against your family and i think also people pleasing is something that i can relate to a lot in my life and you know my wife is is my kind of wisest best friend because she says why are you doing that now are you getting something from it are they getting something from from it are you just people pleasing are you actually do you want to and i'm like yeah you're right and i do that all the time and i think i should probably put boundaries in around things that i want and are good for me maybe and i think so it's become a coaching session here listener but um <laughs> but I, I think that's an important thing to reflect on you know yeah. what are your motivations and is it really for the right reason or is it like you know the need to impress other people or help other people or there's all, all these things going on in our heads yeah for me it's it's just defining my values and that took many years of what are my core ba- core values do you mind me asking what they are then like well, can you define them is health okay and my second is growth and to keep learning. And really, I've changed the way I've spent my time. And I'm aware of what I want and I ask for help. So. That's really good. I love that one about health and growth. So, health and growth. How many times have we, you know, just reflecting on all of us, have probably like decided to do something just to fit in or just to make it not awkward to fit in with the crowd, and actually, it's not really good for our health at all. No, it's yeah. not. And for me, it's it's been giving up dinner. Right. Which is a really social meal. Yes. Less so than breakfast, isn't it? 
Yeah, I have to plan really seriously <coughs> when I choose to have dinner. Yeah, yeah. And I'm willing to do it under circumstances. But that also means me staying up later. And then also affects me getting up later the next day. And you're in a different cycle suddenly just yeah, from one meal. Yeah, yeah. When it's easier just to eat in the morning after exercise <coughs> and eat a great lunch like we just did. <laughs> yeah, that's going to see me through tomorrow easily. It's oh, lovely. Yes, yeah. oh, fantastic. And what about yourself, Jackie, in terms of you said, you know, um, so we just heard there from Joanne about values and, and everything. What are you, the values you're trying to get across in your coaching and, and how you do what you do? Because you make a podcast as well. So, you know, what are you trying to achieve there for people and how are you trying to help people? Um, I think health is, is very, really important and that is empowering people to find their health, however that is for them. Um, I think in the podcast, it's about paying it forward and mm-hmm. um, showing people that there are alternative ways and I always try to look for guests that quite often around people that I know who've had health conditions um, so that they can get the information now they might, might not want it but in my head I'm thinking this would be good for such and such a person and they may they may nev- never listen i don't know mm-hmm. but that's that's my thinking around it that would be a good thing to do um trying to make it diverse and interesting and like you not just the keto gurus or the low carb gurus but people that just live this way and choose choose it as an option for health yeah, you know what? Because I feel, especially on Facebook groups, there are people coming through who are new to this all the time, and they almost get told, uh, "Do your research." You don't know what you're talking about, and they get put off very quickly. And I think the more welcoming and open we can be to people, mm-hmm. the better. Because let's be honest, we all have metabolic different, you know, starting points depending on our lives and our genes and our lifestyle and all the rest of it. And so I think it's best to be inclusive and open and warm and and kind to people. I mean, that seems like a such an obvious thing to start with but quite often it doesn't become that it becomes knowledge based and you either know it or you don't you're in or you're out and that's just so so wrong isn't it yeah and everyone's on their learning journey and everyone you know we're all different we know there's three of us here mm-hmm. and we all came at it at a different angle different way for a different mm-hmm. reason and we don't unless you've walked a mile in that person's shoes you don't know yeah you don't know what their experience is yeah. So in that case, I just want to ask you about the future, both of you, and what your plans are for, you know, this year, 2022, but also going forward into the next few years. What are you planning to do? I'm planning to make life easier. One of my other goals is to, let me just say it negatively, not create drama over everything I do. So the opposite of that would be just believe it's ease. And I exhibited that on my flight over. Ease. And I'm planning to make the rest of the trip ease. Uh, and geez, just love people. It's treat them as innocent. If they don't know something, it's because they don't know something. And be gentle. That's really lovely. You know what? I always think 
sometimes I can look at people and think, why are they saying that? There must be a negative reason behind it. But actually, most people are coming from an honest place, aren't they? They're yeah. not. They Very few people have got know. an agenda. They probably just don't understand yet, do they? They don't understand. Yeah. And, and to cut the judgment. Yeah. To cut it. And it's still something I'm learning. It's like we were in that restaurant before and the man had a little daughter about six or seven years old and he was buying her an orange juice. I don't know if you've heard that, but we're probably no. sitting there thinking, yikes, he, he thinks that's really healthy. Yeah. And we we don't, but he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that, no. And yeah, there's somebody I was looking at just the other day who's a friend of ours drinking orange juice who I know is trying to lose weight and he thinks he's doing the best thing. So, you know, you just have to change the paradigm and it's very hard, isn't it? Just one conversation yeah. at a time without doing it in a judgmental way, without trying to make somebody feel bad, just literally make them aware is really hard, isn't it? Um, especially, I think, parents with their kids is even harder, you know. That's the most... Because it's become the norm. You know, yeah. this is the norm and probably the way you bring your kids up, and luckily you've got a, a chance to do it early before they form their own opinions, is, is going to be very different to a in inverted commas normal parent who's just buying into the normal brainwashing yeah that we've been sold for the, so many years because i thought orange juice was healthy i gave my kids okay i mixed it with water i gave them apple juice mixed with water but it was probably yeah bad bad yeah but you only know what you know yeah, yeah i agree with that you know better <clears throat> You do better. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, people look back one day and realize these things more and more and it gets better and better over time because, yeah, I mean, you consider orange juice is very similar to a can of Coke. That's just not what you want to give your kids for breakfast, is it? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think we're going to go for a little wander in a minute, taking some sun. It's a stunning day here, isn't it? It's this beautiful it's sunlight. It's been really lovely. I think you kind of come on a, a really special day in our weather. And uh, we just had a bit of time walking around um, a cemetery, which is the American cemetery, not far from here. Um, and I thought uh, Joanne would appreciate that. And she did. And Jackie did too, I hope. And I thought I'd bring you to this beautiful garden, get a bit of sunlight and uh, just carry on the conversation. And uh, to the listeners now, I just thought I'd let you join in part of that. Um, there's lots more conversation happening, but some of it's off record as well, because we're having a laugh, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to say um, when you do go home Joanne have a safe flight and um, it's been really wonderful this, this day with, with you and um, this afternoon and uh, I can't wait to see you in the States and hopefully back here one day Oh, I'd love to. I, you know I'll be back. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Now you've got to go and make some chocolate, don't I've got to go make some chocolate, chocolate. so I better go soon. And uh, thank you, Jackie, for making home. this podcast together. It's been lovely meeting you today. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Good yeah. to meet you. Yeah. Yes, ditto, ditto, ditto. Yeah, it's been fabulous, Keto. Thank you so much for spending your, your time with me and um, our lovely lunch and walk. It's and been great, hasn't it? I just love, I just love it. Well, thank you, Joanne, and uh, yeah, take care, everyone. See you soon. Bye for now. It was really great to see Dan and Joanne that day. I'd not met either of them in person before, and we had such a wonderful time. And we even got to taste Dan's new chocolate that he was um, practicing with and making. So that was really cool as well. And since then. Joanne has been back to London and we went to the um, Polish restaurant that she spoke about in this interview and we spent, a, again, I think Joanne just brings the weather with her. We spent the afternoon sitting 
outside or in the courtyard of the Victoria and Albert Museum and just grabbing the sun. Again, it was still early spring and, well, later than the spring. And um, we just sat there all afternoon chatting. In the interview, when Joanne mentions about doing karaoke and pushing herself outside her comfort zone, um, you can hear me laughing. And the reason that I'm laughing is because I used to have karaoke machines and we used to take them around to bars and hotels in in Spain when I was living in Spain. And in the beginning, I was so nervous. I used to have to drink a few vodkas before I'd and I wasn't, I don't, I can't sing and I don't sing. So it wasn't about me singing, but getting up in front of the crowd and getting them to come up and sing. I was so nervous that in the first few times I did it, I needed a couple of vodkas to be able to do it. Um, but I soon got used to it and you get more comfortable in once you've pushed yourself out of your comfort zone, it then becomes part of your comfort zone. So it's always good to push yourself and to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. But it made me laugh because Joanne said that she couldn't sing. And I used to have people come up to me and say things like, oh, I love the way you pretend you can't sing. And I'm saying, this is me doing the best I can. Or I had one couple come up to me and said, I ha I hear you haven't improved since last year. So I am a really bad singer and you don't want to listen to me sing if you can help it. So that really made me laugh how it was pushing herself out of her comfort zone. Anyway, Joanne and I now keep in contact with each other, um, as do Dad and I, and she's coming over again in September, and we've agreed we're going to meet up, um, and we might meet, be meeting up with some other podcast guests, so we'll see what happens. So thanks, Dan, for editing the podcast and sending it over. Thanks, Joanne, for coming out with us and for that lunch that day, and look forward to seeing you soon. The show notes can be found at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero nine two. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulouslyketo and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle fabulouslyketo1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, 
healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories, and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.